Welcome to Hacker Public Radio. I'm Monster B, and on the call is 330. Hello. Claw 2. Hello. And Peter without the 64. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and today, 330 is going to tell us all about Giver. Oh, boy. What the heck is Giver? Is, is, is that like giving someone mono? <laughs> In a way, yes. Giver is a... Uh, it's an infra-land... Uh, file sharing application that it basically makes stuff like NFS and Samba really, really, really retardedly easy. What it does is it opens up a, a window and you ha- all of the other computers on your network that are running Giver show up in like a buddy list. And then you can just drag and drop files. Yeah, just like you can even take like a whole assortment of files that are like on a desktop or something click and drag select them and then drop them on to you know, whichever user you want to give them. And on their computer, it'll pop up and say, hey, so-and-so is trying to share files with you. Do you want these? And you just say yes or no. If you say yes, the files start moving over. And once they're done, it, on both computers, it says that the files are sent. And if you say no, it sends a message back to the originating user going, they don't want it. And for someone like me that doesn't completely understand networking, but is always trying to do things that he has no idea what he's doing, this is great. It um, sounds neat. Yeah, and it's, it's completely written in mono and was done by a couple of guys at Novell during uh, BrainShare. So from what I'm hearing, this isn't going to replace like NFS and Samba. The other, the other system has to say yes to receive these files. But yeah. it's not like I can just transfer files from one computer to the other. Is that correct? Because yeah, you'd have the other you'd have to get up and walk over to the other one and say yes. Yeah, if you right, were to so. get between yourself. But, like, let's say somehow magically you had, like, a, a nice big network at home, you know, and you're, you're sharing files with the family and such, and somehow you you know, magically work at one of these places that runs Linux. And if you could get all the people on that network to run it, all you have to do is pick up your laptop from home, take it to work, and then that list is populated with a whole different type of people. So it is auto-detected. It's like done through Avahi or whatever, ZeroConf, whatever it is. Yeah, it actually uses ZeroConf. Okay. And it just, what it does is it it looks at, because you have to have the client on all the computers. So it just goes looking for the clients and hooks everybody up. What about a Dropbox option? I mean, not not the program, but a, the concept of a Dropbox. So that if if I've got a coworker or you know a family member who's not in front of their computer, but I do want to send them some file, is there some like isolated folder that I could send it to them so that they could still get it when they get back? Or what? Um, not that I'm aware of. And but, what what about if they want to request a file? Like if they say oh, I need that, that audio file um, from me, can they, can they like, go into... I mean, is, is there any way for them to ping me through this, or it's they would just no, have to, like... Okay. It's, it's really just, like, a... It would be like if you were talking, like... It's really good for, like, collaboration. Like, you're collaborating on a project, and, you know, one guy's all the way down the hallway. You don't want to, you know, you're fat like me. You don't want to walk because you'll start sweating on the way. So you know you're you know you're in a, you know in an IRC channel or passing emails back and forth and 
you know, you want to send a big hunking set of files. You're like, hey, here's all the stuff that I did before lunch. You know, right. just want to send it all over to him. You can go here, and it's just one, you know, click and drag, and they get it. Cool. So this is just a, a like, for a local network. It's not yeah. for over the net. Okay. Uh, That's where I was confused. I was like, so you have to be on the exact same network to do this. Yeah, yeah when Klaus said something about Dropbox, because when I started going, hey, I just found this thing, and it's wild in the IRC, people kept going, well, can't use Dropbox for that. But to do it in Dropbox, you have to go all the way out to the web and then back into the network, where this is just like a, a straight shot across. Yeah, that's the problem I've got with Dropbox. Like, if you're on limited bandwidth and and limited uh, download, you know, uh, quota for the month, you're going to waste a hell of a lot with that Dropbox, I reckon. Yeah. Say, Peter, this would save your bandwidth. Yeah, it would. Um, I mean, I, I'm comfortable just mapping drives with NFS. Uh, the, yeah, the only downside I see with that is, is if I wanted to transfer... Say I want to pull a movie off um, my Mythbox for some reason and actually copy it over to uh, my machine, not not just stream it off the Mythbox, I would have to go to the Mythbox, then send it up to my desktop machine, and then I'd have to walk up to my desktop machine and say, yeah, okay, I want that. Is there yeah. any way you can configure that so it's automatic? Not that I've seen, and there hasn't actually been a whole lot of development on it, since brain share, like they got it going in a couple of hours. You know, just two guys sat down and started hacking at it. Yeah. So, you know, they may do it someday, maybe, but probably not. Because I, I think they really wanted to keep this as simple as possible. Yeah, I, I can certainly see the need. Um, like, probably new users who aren't comfortable setting up uh, Samba and NFS certainly. But I'm just wondering, like in in a home environment, I don't know you need that security to say, yeah, I want to accept the file. Yeah. Because if I'm sending something to my wife and, and you know, what, she's not going to say, no, I don't want it. So you would think there would be something in there that's automatic. But, but I, yeah, I, I can see people wanting to use it, certainly. Yeah, see, I've been cheating and using it to get files onto my server. Because, you know, FTP is either slow or I end up doing something that crashes halfway through. But I can just yeah. drag and drop them over there and then and then move them around from the, the command line, you know, SS states in from my desktop. Yeah, well, because I'm then, lame and I have X on my on my web yeah. server. But then there's SCP, isn't it? If you want to copy files. I mean, yeah, okay. Once again, it's Linux offering... Uh, a million ways to do the same damn thing. Of, of ways of doing something, yeah. And and as we've talked about, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, so that's really all I can milk out of talking about Giver. It works, and it works reliably. <laughs> well, it is a pretty neat program. Um, I'm going to put the, the link in the show notes, and there's also a little video that goes along with it. But the, uh, the link is code.google.com forward slash p forward slash giver and then you'll find the downloads and the uh, video on that site yeah I'd, I'd certainly go install it and have a look at it I mean I think that's half what us Linux blokes are about mucking around with things just trying them yeah. out 
know. Yeah, check out that video. Kind of shows you a lot about it. How you can, you know, if you have like your music player going with a with a song playing, you can actually drag that song onto your giver uh, icon. Is that what you do, 330, when you drop something on it? Yeah, it's like a... Work? It looks kind of like a... Like if you had a buddy in Pigeon, except for the, the area that you can drag it into is like a half inch to an inch tall, so you don't actually drag it to the wrong person. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think people would be more comfortable, obviously, using this than... Especially when they're new to Linux. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Say, so, I really see this being useful, like, at a business. You know, the home thing, I kind of finagled it to be useful for me. But if you were at a business and you had people of varying knowledge, you know, you could go, all right, we're going to do this from the simplest place possible and then just push it through to everyone. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. That's what it's ideally suited for. Now, are you still running uh, Crunchy on your uh, Triple E? Yeah, I am, actually. So how's that going? Still pretty good? Yeah, I'm, I'm still loving the crap out of it. I still haven't sorted uh, out my audio issue, but I haven't tried either. So. <laughs> Was it doing? It's just not working? Yeah, I just... It's just a different interface, you because know, I'm used to the, the GNOME volume manager applet thing. And I'm trying to use the uh, XFCE4 mixer. And it's similar, but not quite the same. So, I still have to play with it. And you, you blokes talked about um, Terminator in your latest HBR, the earlier one. And yeah. I tell you, I, I, the more I've used that, the more impressed I've become with it. Uh, I don't know, for one thing, it just looks tidier. But uh, certainly if, if you spell and type like me, I find it a hell of a lot easier to copy and paste stuff from the terminals. Whereas I used to run console a lot and, you know, have them like the tabs. And I might have bloody six tabs open and then I'd have to tab all the way through them to get back to the one I wanted to copy and paste stuff into. Whereas this, um, you know, you just control, tab, they're all there open, you can use the mouse, cut and paste paste it into the other terminal, do stuff like that. Um, I even went to, well, I was going to say I went to the trouble to install it on the Arch machine, but there was no trouble with installing it on there because it was in Pac-Man repos anyway. But that was a really good find, I reckon, you've come up with there. Oh, it's beautiful. And Plus, you were talking about the tabs. You can also have tabs on this, too. Okay. You, you, yeah, you can have, like, <laughs> like a tab with six slices in each one if you wanted or even more oh okay yeah, that's pretty yeah, neat well, I suppose with Flashbox you can really tab anything uh, I would say but it's just a, a Terminator default where you can add tabs yeah but I, I just like to have the terminal one terminal all there split uh, you know like I think 330 you said 9 or whatever yeah certainly yeah. 9's easy on a big monitor you have bloody 20 and still be able to read them and just have them on a separate workspace. But yeah, no, it's a really good application. Like I said, yeah. the more I've used it, the more impressed I've become with it. Yeah, you can just right-click and open up. And it's right underneath where it says split. You know, your windows. You can There's yeah. an open tab button. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, down there. I haven't even looked at that. 
I'm just too busy splitting them now. <laughs> hey, I I didn't find it until Monster Beast said something about it. Yeah, you get in the and start playing with it, and you're like, oh wow, I can split this up a million times, and you stop there. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while to get over that. There's a c control shift arrow keys to move through your tabs, like console, do we know? Oh, for the tabs? I I, def I never tried that. Remember we yeah. talked about the slices before, because you found it, the uh, control tab? Yeah, that's yeah the I'm not sure about like the tabs. The, yeah, fine with Terminator as, as they, uh, all the hotkeys. They must be listed somewhere. I never even thought to do this, but have you guys looked in the man page to see if the hotkeys are in there? No. I've never read one of them. <laughs> yep, I see it. Okay, yeah, uh, I used it because when I start up my Triple E PC, I have Terminator start up automatically, and I used right. the uh, minus M yeah, option to go yeah. full screen. Yeah, they're all all the key bindings are in there. Oh wow, you can actually resize oh. the yeah. actual windows with key bindings. Yeah, Control Shift Zero. That's going to split your window horizontally, E to vertically. That's crazy. I'm going to have to make a cheat sheet and print it out. <laughs> With all these commands between flux, flux box, I mean, you know, shortcuts between flux box and this, I can't remember them all. I do most things in Terminator now, just because, you know, it's already open. You know, I can just split it up and do something else in it. And uh, because the the default copy and paste, it's just control and then shift and whatever. I keep trying to control shift and copy and paste in other applications. And it's bugging the crap out of me because I hit it three or four before I realize it's not going to do anything. Okay, you're you're still using it on top of uh, Xterm, right? Or using the GNOME terminal? Um, I think it's the GNOME terminal settings. Control Shift Z, if you're in a terminal, say you've got like nine terminals opening, if you hit Control Shift Z, that focuses on that one and scales it up to whatever size you've got the other nine open, that's pretty cool too. Yeah, this, the more you find out about this Terminator, the more impressive it gets. Control Shift Page Up goes through your tabs. And then they put the easiest one at the bottom. Toggle full screen is F11. <laughs> it goes through all those, like... You know, hand-breaking combinations to get to F11. Oh, sorry. Con control shift page up and down. Actually, doesn't page through your tabs. It's swapping them to become either your first tab or your last tab or whatever it's doing. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now, this is one of the nicer man pages I've ever seen. It's very straightforward and very well written. Um, if I go off you'll know that we got hit by lightning again. Yeah. <laughs> we got a big thunderstorm coming, I can hear it. So should we move on to what we're running on our triple E's? Sure. We're being prompted by people in the uh, the chat from where we're recording this live. People <laughs> listen. Yeah. It's amazing. You just you start up a call and people start listening. It's kind of crazy. No, no, Peter, you're um, you're using the default Xandros, right, on your triple E? Yeah, well, it's not mine. It's it's my daughter's, and um, yeah, like like I said, it's what she wants. She can navigate around so easy. 
it's just it's really good. It's it's not geeky certainly. If, if I've actually ordered a few um, you know cards because you can install another operating system on a card and leave the Xandros operating system on there, can't you? So yeah. I'm yeah. going to have a play around with a few. But no, I I just wouldn't change it for her because just watching her use it, she knows exactly what she's doing. God, you even got in the chat the other day, Monster Bean, had a chat with you, didn't she? Now she yeah. wants to do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah. uh, you you guys got her the uh, the 7-inch model, right? Yeah, just the 7-inch. So. And I, I must admit, if I was to buy one, I would go for a bigger one. I, I guess... I just get a little bit frustrated with the keys. Uh, like, I've got big hands, pretty fat fingers, and, um, yeah, the keyboard's just a little bit too small for me to be comfortable with. But for her, it's pretty pretty good, though. Ah, oh, it's the ideal. I mean, if in, in comparison, like, ratio-wise, I would imagine that the keyboard for her fingers is typically what, you know, as, as an adult's hand compared to a... A full-size keyboard. Yeah, it's, it's really good for her, I'd imagine. Not that she's a patch type, huh? Come on, Shibi, what do you have running on yours? Do you want to hear it all? Yeah, go ahead. We could be, we could be here for an hour. It doesn't matter. <laughs> now, when I first boot mine up, it boots into a KDM login. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I go right into Fluxbox. And the reason I'm sticking with the KDM because I get the nice KDE, uh, KDE uh, mouse cursor, you know, inside the flux flux box. It looks pretty pretty good. Now on the toolbar, I have uh, I have automatically starts up with the system is K mixer, K network manager, K power save, and Clipper. It's a clipboard tool. Okay. I don't know if you guys use that one. I'm going to have to file a bug report on this because I noticed on my desktop, too, they automatically inserted entries in there. One of them's iPod, and the other one's Google. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if they're being paid or something to put that in there. Because, you know, when you clear it, it comes back later when you uh, log back in. Uh, but anyways, for, for my editors, I use Nano and KWrite. For my terminal emulators, I use Terminator, of course. IRC, I use Conversation. And for the file manager, I use Dolphin. And for videos and music, I use a VLC. And I use um, KPDF for eBooks. So that's, that's about it. Oh, and for web browsing, I use uh, Ice Weasel. And that's all on top of Debbie and Lenny, right? Yeah, Debbie and Lenny. Yeah, I, I use it just like a like a big computer. There's really, really no restriction, you know, on these things. Yeah, so I think I've gone the exact opposite of you because I've got Crunchy on there, which it's still Debian based, but uh, it's open box. And uh, for the the clipboard, I use it, and you know, this is a this is a default. I I don't actually care that much about clipboards to have gone looking for one, but it's called Parslite. Or parse the light, or I really just just couldn't care less. As long as I can copy and paste, I don't care. But uh, as a terminal emulator, I use Terminator. Um, their X term is on here, but I've never even opened it. Just, I haven't had a need. 
Um, I use Firefox for web browsing. Um, Thunar for file management. As a text editor, I either use Nano or Gedit. Um, for IRC, I use Erisi inside of Terminator. Um, for instant messaging, I use Finch inside of Terminator. <laughs> um, I've got some, just the the lighter weight office stuff in there, like Abby Word and GNU Merrick. Um, for sound and video, Rhythmbox is installed, but I don't ever use it. I end up using mPlayer, and that's, say, I'm kind of like you, I use it just like I would a desktop. It's just, you know, a desktop that I can pick up and go to the couch or, you know, off to do other things with. Yeah, I I pretty much went the exact opposite way you did and went GTK with all my apps instead of Qt. Uh, the reason I did that just to try out KD uh, four. Yeah. And I kind of just stuck with with the apps because on my desktop I use all GTK apps. And the one thing I did leave out is Mixer, and I'm not going to talk about that because I don't have it all sorted out yet. I've got, I think I've got three different Mixers installed. I'm trying to sort out. Uh, input issues. Yeah, I'm using the K-Mix now, like I said, but I think I like the the GNOME one better because I noticed on, on K-Mix, sometimes when I unplug my USB headset, uh, K-Mix will crash on me. Oh, that's no good. Yeah, and I have to restart it. I don't know if that's a... Fl- that might be a Fluxbox thing, too. I don't know. Just it not handling USB well. But I need to get some more games on this thing. So far, the only the only games I have is uh, two chess games, eBoard and Dream Chess. But I need yeah. to get some arcade games on here. Say, I had um, Urban Terror running on mine when I had Ubuntu on it. It, was it ran ju- pretty good? Well, it was just enough hardware to run it on the lowest settings. But yeah, I had a, I've got a little external like USB mouse that yeah, you plug the little it's wireless so you plug the little thing inside but yeah man I could I could have just sat down anywhere whipped it out and started shooting people in the head I was pretty pumped about that and since Klaatu isn't back we can't ask him what he's running he's always got something odd on his he's probably got that bloody fedora on there well when we were at OLF he had he had just installed Debian on it because it had just come out with the, all the stuff he needed for the E. And he had Fluxbox on it, but that was only because like the two or three weeks before that, he didn't have a desktop environment on it at all. He was just running it straight command line. And so he figured he might want to have something on there, so while he was in his hotel room, he installed Fluxbox. Um, yeah, Ideally, I reckon Fluxbox is made for those little machines. Or Openbox, or any of those boxes. I haven't played with Openbox yet. But can that crunch bean go on them? Yeah, there's a, there's a special... Say there's a oh, special yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. I don't remember you it's saying got the, Yeah, it's got the EPC lean kernel on it. and It's just like having regular crunch bang, just on a smaller screen. 
Yeah, well, I think when I get one of these cards, I might have a look at um, that crunchy just to see how it goes. And another thing that my daughter's using the EPC for is um, we mount the uh, the drive off the myth box. So she can just go up to a bedroom and play all the, uh, like, Dora the Explorer and all that sort of stuff I've taped for her now. Nice and easy. And it streams really well. It, it plays all those sort of things, you know, really good. And the 7-inch screen is pretty good for just laying in bed and putting it on a windowsill and just laying there and watching it. Yeah, it's not bad. About the only thing that, and I don't know if, because I've got the 900 megahertz cellar on, but um, you really can't push high-def video too much. No, nah, but that would um, also be a limitation of Wi-Fi. Like, yeah, I obviously wouldn't try to stream high-definition shows that we've recorded. Well, no, I had um, both the 1080p and the 480p of uh, Big Buck Bunny on there. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to see if it would play it. And I was getting about two frames a second watching the 1080p. The 480 played fine, but that's standard death. Yeah. But obviously, if you, you're going to do something there, you're going to use MEM encoder or something and... and re-encode it to whatever size your video display is because there's no point trying to trying to um stream like high def movies over to a screen that's only i don't even know what the resolution of these things are but it's a bit of a pointless exercise isn't it yeah so i know the nine inch is 1024 by 600 yeah yeah not yeah the good little screen certainly oh yeah no, I, I really didn't look too close at the. Uh, well, I seen uh, the 8.9 inch at Ohio uh, Linux Fest, but I never seen a 7 inch. Now that all that black on both sides of the screen, is is there anything there? Yeah, the speakers. Okay. Um, at, at the top you've got the camera. On the sides you've got the speakers. But yeah, ideally, they they could have made the screen take up just about all that. Put the speakers down next to the touchpad on either side. You've got a bit of real estate there. And um, and the camera's that sort of pinhole thing, so you could fit it in that bezel anyway. Yeah. But like I said, it's not the screen. Even, um, I, I think I've complained a few times about needing glasses, but it, it's not the size of the screen that I find a problem. It was the size of the keyboard. It's just too small for my fat unnimble fingers. You know, when you said that about the speakers, that's exactly what they did for the 8.9 inch. Yeah, they, they moved them underneath the laptop. Oh, which is okay. really annoying because it, it's really quiet because it's shooting all the sound down at whatever it's sitting on and then it you know, then it shoots out. But I, I tend to have headphones plugged into mine anyway. Well, that's what I was going to say. My daughter usually has the old headphones plugged in anyway. Lucky you. I mean, I don't think you want to sit around and listen to a 12-hour marathon at Door of the Explorer. On the map, on the map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, guys, we got, we're running out of time because the Linux cranks is going to start in five minutes. Yeah. But uh, thanks for calling in. Yeah, uh, Larry. See you in a few minutes. Yeah, a few minutes. And, and everyone that's listening to the pre-recorded episode we we do this live 
every Saturday night about 10 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. So thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.